I just want to thank every parent for coming out, and I just wanted to thank the children for coming out and uh, coming out to our closing and, and barbecue and stuff, and we're just enjoying getting the opportunity to work with the kids. It's been, it's been I, I guess we can all really say it's been a long 18 months, hasn't it? And uh, just, it, we're just glad to get back, starting to get back to normal, starting to run our buses again, and as well on Sunday, we're running our buses again. We just started this, this Sunday. Uh, for the first time in 18 months, running a Sunday morning bus. So if parents, you want to send your kids out to that or come out to our service, uh, we encourage you to do that. And I'm just going to give you a quick uh, message from the Word of God this, this evening. And uh, in John chapter number 3, it's probably the most familiar passage in all the Bible. You would probably recognize John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Before Jesus said that, there was a man named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. And the Bible says that this Nicodemus went to Jesus at night and he asks him that question. As Jesus went around the cities and the villages, he would preach. And a term that he would often use, he would say this, you must be born again. This perked the curiosity of, of Nicodemus when Jesus said these words. And he wasn't really sure what that entailed. Even being a religious uh, leader, didn't know the, really the, the doctrine of salvation. So he goes to Jesus at night and he, he basically says to him, can, how can a man be born when he's old? Shall he enter into his mother's womb a second time and be born? And Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And it says right in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you remember the day? If you're, if you're born again, if you're, a, if you're a Christian here this evening, do you remember the day that you got born again? Remember that day? Do you remember that day that you just knew your sins were forgiven? You knew that things between you and God were okay. You had that peace. Uh, you didn't get religion. You got born again. And this church isn't about religion. It's about the word of God and how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so Nicodemus, a ruler, a religious ruler, didn't know this doctrine. And Jesus is trying to break it down to him. And Jesus, or and then in verse 9 it says, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? He just didn't understand. You see, we're born. Uh, everybody here has got a birth date. And we're born, and now you're looking at me, and I got, this is my physical body, and we've got a soul. We've got a body, and we've got a soul. And my soul is my personality. It's who I am. And everybody has a different personality. They have a different soul. But then there's the spirit. We're born with a body. We're born with a spirit with a soul, but then there's the spirit. And that's the thing that's connected, uh, that connects you between man and God. Because Adam and Eve, uh, what took place in the garden, there was a separation. So everybody born is actually born with that a dead spirit. And when you give your life over to the Lord, you believe on him. You call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Uh, at that moment, that spirit gets quickened. That spirit within man is made alive, and you have fellowship, you know him. You see, before that ever took place in my life, I tried to read the word of God, I tried to read the Bible, but it just seemed like another book. I tried to pray before I gave my life over to the Lord, before my spirit was born again, before I was born again. I tried to pray, and it was just kind of like I was talking to myself. 
But then I came down what, the, the road that God wanted me to come down, the word of God, placing my faith in, in, in Jesus Christ, and then it all made sense. My spirit was made alive. I, re, I began to open the word of God, and it was like, it was like it was literally God's word, because it is. It was alive. It was ministering to my soul. Uh, I'd even pray. But this time it was different. I knew that he was listening. Nicodemus is standing before Jesus at this time. Still, I don't think he's really comprehending it. He's not getting it. It's hard for him to understand. And maybe even you right now, it's hard for you to understand this doctrine. And so Jesus has to kind of dumb it down a bit for this religious learned man to understand. Therefore, he, he brings up a story in the Old Testament. In verse 14, it says, it is, it, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He says this, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So he's referring hundreds of years back to this story in the Old Testament. And then he says, For whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, this is John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So what was this story that Jesus was referring to in the Old Testament to Nicodemus to make him better understand how to be saved? We'll look at it right here. Numbers 21. Verse 4, it says, And they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Eden, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Okay, so Moses and the children of Israel are now given permission to leave uh, being slaves. They're leaving Pharaoh's army, and they're traveling through the desert, and the people got to the point in their life where they were much discouraged because of the journey. Perhaps this past 18 months, you were much discouraged because of the journey. Home life, you know, it's just not the same like it used to be. Maybe there's just, just, just a lot of depression or anxiety or different things setting in that never really seemed to set in before. You're much discouraged, by the way, and the people began to speak against Moses. They began to speak against God, and they were unthankful, and they said, um, there is no bread, in verse 5, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. Did, did you catch that? They, they basically just contradicted themselves. They said that they're, um, in verse 5, there's, there's no bread, and our soul hates the bread that you're giving us. They're contradicting themselves. So what God did, and we're talking about what Jesus is referring to, what, what God did, the Bible says in verse 6, and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much of Israel died. There was a horrible scene that just took place here. The, the fiery serpent, the sauce viper is what a lot of people think it is. The Lord sent these, these serpents, and they began to bite the people. Now, it wasn't the cobra because the cobra would, if you got bit by a cobra, you'd be dead in a couple minutes. The scale viper, it took a couple days to die. People are dying. People are not turning to God. Uh, much pain and much anguish of the scale viper as it would inject its venom and the venom would work its way through the blood and it would just cause this fiery sensation. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. It, it, a remedy was about to take place here. 
But how did it all start? The people recognized their condition as sinful. We, this is what they said, we have sinned. You know, that's the truth for everybody here, including myself. Everybody has sinned. The Bible said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The the most righteous person on earth, the Pope, I would even say, is a sinner. And we've all fallen short of that glory. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short. The Bible even says, for the wages of sin is death. Think about a payment. You get paid weekly or bi-weekly. At the end of that week, at the end of that time, you get your payment because you deserve it. You get, what, you get your wage. You get your payment. At the end of our life, this is the most important message you could hear. At the end of our life, the Bible is teaching that if we die without Christ, he's got no option, he's got no other route than to say, you know what? You've got to pay for your sin because you've died without me. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So on one hand, we have this, this, this wage this sin that everybody's under. And, and, and on one hand, we have death and hell, but on the other hand, God, in that same verse, it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. On, this, on the other hand, we have a gift. We have life, eternal life, a home in heaven. And you don't get to heaven, the Bible doesn't teach by, by being a good person because we're all disqualified because we've all sinned. We don't get to heaven by going to church or being religious because we've all sinned, we're all disqualified. The only way that we can get to heaven is to receive the gift of God, and that's Jesus Christ. It's not religion. It's receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, placing your faith and your trust in him. So the people began to die. They begin to realize their condition as sinful. They go to Moses, they go to God, and they say, pray to God for us, help us. Moses goes to God, he's talking to God, And he said, and this is the remedy that God said. The Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, and it shall shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. Okay? So just put yourself in their their shoes. You're now in, you know, your family members have been bitten by a snake and have died. A little girl, little, little daughter, got bit by that snake and died. Your father, your mother, your aunt, your uncle are bitten by this snake and they're about, they're about to die or they have already died. And now God is telling you to make a fake snake and to look on it and anyone that looks at it will live. It's kind of like, it's kind of like say, some, uh, 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 a machine gun. You know, you were, you were, your family was involved in a, in a terrorist attack and they got shot by a machine gun and God telling you to exalt a gun and look at it and live. There would be bitterness toward the snake, wouldn't there? The last thing I'd want to see as a parent if, if my family got bit by a snake was a snake. But God said, make a snake. Put it in the middle of the camp and make, this, make it out of brass and wrap it around there. And whoever looks, goes to that, they don't, they don't have to do anything, but all they've got to do is look and they'll live. Now, this is the story that Jesus is referring to, to Nicodemus. Why? He made a snake. He did as God said. Anybody that looked on it lived, absolutely lived. Could you imagine what it had been like to be, you know, you're feeling that, that venom going through your veins, and you're just, you're just crawling over to that snake, and it's, it's your only hope. This is the remedy God has for you, and you look at it, and you, you, you begin to feel your, 
the, the burning uh, ceasing. You begin to feel like your life is getting back into your body. But the sad thing is, there was probably some people in that camp that didn't heed the remedy. There was probably some people in that place right there that said, we're not going to look. We're not going to look. When God has a remedy, why, why wouldn't those people look? The hardness of the human heart. But anybody that looked at it lived. Now, going back to John 3, going back to John 3, I'll turn there. G, and again, I'm going to read this again. I've given you the background of the story that's referring, that Jesus is referring to Nicodemus. And Jesus says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in uh, the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You see, when those people in that wilderness, they, they went to that, that snake, they looked and they lived. It's the same way with Jesus Christ. We've got something far worse than uh, cancer. We've got something far worse than COVID even. And you know what it is? It's sin. We're born into it. It's, it's the only thing really that, that will send a person to hell if you're not under the blood of Christ. And, and Jesus is referring to this story that I just told you as himself. And it's a, did you know it's a picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament? We've got the brass pole, judgment. We've, we've got uh, the, 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 the pole, and that's the cross. But then we've got the serpent. And the serpent is really a picture of Jesus Christ. And you may ask yourself that question, why would, would the spotless lamb, Jesus, be pictured as a serpent? Isn't Jesus pure? Isn't Jesus righteous? And, and snakes are kind of like evil? I'll tell you why. Because all the sin, the darkest, the darkest hour in the world was not 9-11. It was not World War I or II or three. It was not Pearl Harbor. The darkest hour in history was when Jesus was on the cross. Because he became, and he's a picture of that serpent, because all of our sin, all of our sin, all, all of that bitterness, all that hate, all the things that you've done wrong were placed on Christ. And he took all that shame. He took all that payment. He took all, all that wickedness and put them on, him, on himself. And it was the darkest hour in the world's history because God the Father turned his back, turned his face on God the Son so that he would never have to forsake the saints. And so we, we sit here today with the same gift offered. We sit here today with redemption at hand, forgiveness a relationship with God, a home in heaven, a new life. And all you have to do is look and live. It's just a matter of you saying, you know what, I am a sinner. I don't know what's going to happen when I die. I'm concerned about that, but I really do believe that Jesus Christ came to save me. He came to forgive me. He came to give me new life. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved or saved by faith through grace and we demonstrate faith every day don't we you demonstrated everybody in this room demonstrated faith in this room today you sat in your pew now when you sat in your pew did you sit in your pew and you think that oh is it going to hold me no you just sat down didn't you you sat down you demonstrated faith. You believed that that pew was going to hold you. You demonstrate faith by putting money into the bank, that it is able and reputable to keep your money. 
you demonstrate faith uh, in the morning when you turn on the tap and water comes out. You don't think twice that water is going to come out. Now take that faith. Take that faith and put it in Jesus Christ. And that becomes a saving faith. You may say, oh, I've, I've been saved before. I was supposed to be uh, taken away with cancer, but uh, God allowed that not to happen. Or I should have died in that car accident, but God allowed it not to happen. That is a physical salvation. But I'm talking about a spiritual salvation. Has there been a time when you realized who you are? The people of, of Israel said, we have sinned. Has there been a time when you realized who Jesus is? The one that has the remedy to take care of the sin, to take care of your soul, to save you. And the most important message there is, is to consider the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is and always was. I mean, we're, we're going through a little bit of a different time than we've ever gone through before, and there's probably some people in here that need to realize that he can be your pavilion, your protector. He can, he can be your helper. The Bible says that God is a very present help in a time of trouble. Why? I, I, don't know, I don't know where I'd be right now if it wasn't for God during this pandemic. I mean, he, he's, he's a fortress. He's a high tower. He, uh, the righteous run into it and then are made safe. And he offers this resource for everybody. You say, I don't deserve it. I don't, I don't deserve it. I can't comprehend it. But he gave it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He's not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that any go to hell. But if you, you reject him, he has no choice. It's like I have the ticket to go to the Ticat game and I want you to come, but we get in the line and you refuse to receive the ticket. And we get, to the, we get to the entrance and they say, where's your ticket? And you say, I've refused it. They want to let you in, but they can't because you don't have a ticket. When we stand, we're gonna, one day we're going to stand before God and he may very well say, Why should, where's your ticket? You say, well, I heard about Jesus. I believed in the existence of God. He says, have you received your ticket? Jesus Christ is your ticket. I want to challenge you with that message. I want to challenge you with the gospel. It'll change your life forever. It'll give you peace with God. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask that uh, I just feel, Lord, maybe there's some people here that need the gospel. Maybe there's some people here, Lord, that have been going through a hard time. We've all been going through a hard time, really, Lord. And uh, I just pray that you would do your work, that the Holy Spirit right now would speak to the heart uh, and do its work amongst the people here. We thank you, Lord, for this week of vacation Bible school that we've had. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.